All right. Welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I have somebody that we all know. I love my to-do list, but I like my to-done list even better. And Paula Rizzo has written two different books my type of gal in terms of putting it all down super easy different ways that you can truly have listful living and listful thinking those are her two books and we are going to jump right in so that you all can benefit from having our dear friend paula on our show today this episode is brought to you by the fired up entrepreneur program and this is a program that we are so proud of the results have been downright remarkable and we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program by inviting you to participate in the business boot camp which is a five-day free event and get involved with this because the pearls that we're going to be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next bootcamp. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. So welcome, Paula. It's so great to have you here. Hi, let's talk lists and everything else. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, this is great because again, I do love them. I am, I've been a list girl since I was young, but before we dig into that, I would love to have you take us back to your most significant relaunch that actually got you to where you are today. Sure. So the most significant relaunch really was a bit of a relaunch in my career. So I spent my career as a television producer and I've done that for close to 20 years in New York in local and national news. I won an Emmy award. I love doing that. It was a great career for me. Um, and, you know, there came a point when, when I wrote my first book around that, that time, when I was like, what else is there? What else is out there for me? I've loved this career. I love TV. I love broadcast. I love, you know, at the time I was working at Fox News Channel and I was uh, head of all of their um, health and wellness content. And that was great. And I loved it. But I thought, what's next? And so it really was sort of stepping into then the business owner and leaving my full-time job and leaving, you know, the steady paycheck and, and all of that to step in and say, you know what? I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to, you know. Okay. But before we, but before we go right into this, like there was a moment of time where there was an impetus. There was something that kind of happened that you were like, I, I, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. I've been successful. Yes. I'm a TV producer. Yes. I have an Emmy award. Yes. I have all these, you know, accolades, 
but something inside of you was like, uh, uh-uh. you need yeah, to I mean, do I was, something more. I was at work, you know, I was doing what I do every day and, you know, TV newsroom. And I went for a walk and I was in that park and I thought, you know, if I'm here, this was in New York city, if I'm sitting here in this park, you know, uh, concrete park, um, next <laughs> year, I would have done something wrong. So I went back to my desk and I wrote a letter to myself and I sent it to be sent a year and a a year later. And I, you know, wrote down basically everything I was feeling. And I was sort of like, you know, this just feels like I'm, I'm over it. I'm done with this. I'm meant for bigger things. There's something. Oh my God. I love this. You wrote the letter, you sent the letter to yourself and Oh God, this is so good. This has so many different areas that we're going to dig into. So you wrote this, but I bet it was pretty cathartic. Like, Hey, this is what I really want. Yes. And I also didn't want to forget because that's what happens Mm. to us. A lot of times you are in a moment, it keeps coming up, something keeps bubbling for you. And then you keep squashing it and you move on and you just deal with it and it becomes your norm. And I knew that if I just let this feeling go away, that I wouldn't remember it. So I wrote the letter and I said, you know, these are the things that I want, that I want for myself in a year. And I hope that's happening. And I had it sent. It was an email. So I had it scheduled to send a year later and I got it totally forgetting that I had sent it to myself, which was so fun. And I tell people in my, in my book, Listful Living to do the same thing because it's, it was such a great experience for me. And I got the, I got the email randomly, you know, and I was like, whoa, I've already given my notice. Like I, the wheels started turning after that moment. I had given my notice. I was about to leave about a month or two later. I was terrified, but getting that letter from myself was really that, oh, this is the right move. You look at how, how long so I- This is that intention, it. right? This is the, int- you're putting the intention out there by writing it down, by saying, this is what I really want. I have had to do this so many times. I yeah. love it. I have it in my program. I think it is- so amazing. I've always done it with the uh, mail, the letter yes. to yourself, but I love the idea that you can actually schedule it to be an email. And I bet when it came up, you're like, whoa, whoa, has it, been a, has it been a year already? I totally and forgot so, I had done it. You know, I was I, like, what is this? Okay. This is so great. So how much had already started to happen that was in place based on that letter you received that day? Oh, I mean, everything I gave my, my notice was already given at work and I had told everybody I'm leaving. Um, I had already started, you know, laying the groundwork to get my first clients. I do a lot of media training and coaching. So I had some clients already stacked up, ready to go. As soon as I was out the door, I would start working with them. So all of that was in motion. I had some speaking engagements. I had, you know, a lot of things that I was, I'm a planner, obviously that were, you know, was on the list. So I made sure that I had all those things ready to go. And just getting that letter from myself was really that, that last push. You're doing the right thing. This is what you need. This is what you want. Oh God, that's so good. So, all right. So now you are stepping into this. Tell us more about what you were really visualizing for yourself for what you really want. I know that you're a coach now and you've written these two books, but what, what impact are you trying to make? What is it about this that was really calling you to leave this high pressure job, high power job, successful accolade job that brought you to where you are? 
Well, I always enjoyed working with the experts that we would bring in, you know, and be able to learn something from them in that short snippet of time that we had them for that segment. Um, but it was really the experts that didn't get picked that piqued my interest the most, the ones that I couldn't coach, the ones that I couldn't help, the ones that I had to just say no to and move on. Um, those were the people who have great ideas and great stuff. They just weren't ready. And so I thought, you know what, if I could help those people make a bigger impact and actually get picked and, you know, be able to be better on camera, be able to come up with story ideas and pitches that would work for the media, that's a great use of my time because then I'm having a bigger impact across the board, not just with this one program or one show that I'm working on. So that was really my big push to sort of get out there and, and do that. And with productivity, you know, as the other side of my business, I had seen through launching my first book, how impactful it was for people and how something as simple as a list could really just change the game for so many people. So tell us how it can, by creating lists, how can it change the game? What are some of the, the big takeaways that we can all benefit from? You are 33% more likely to do something if you write it down. So that could be anything. It could be leaving your job. It could be getting milk. It could be whatever, whatever it is, you're more likely to do it once you do write it down. So that's why these intentions we're talking about are so Okay, important. I'm laughing right now because you're like, put it on the list so you don't forget about it in the grocery store. And yeah. yes, and then you forget the list, but that's uh, beside the point, <laughs> but you put that's it a down different issue. so you can, so you can remember at least a little bit better, 33% higher likelihood. Yeah. Everybody take that in 33%, write it down, put it on your list and you will be able to remember it better. So good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's, it's something that becomes a ritual, becomes something that you work with to be able to get things done. It's, it's, you know, the only way that I was able to really tackle so many things as a TV producer was to rely on my lists. Now there's some people that say you can get caught up in the mundane, the things right. that are not necessarily the highest level of productivity, but we're all so excited about crossing things off our yes. list. So help us understand what can we do to avoid that? <laughs> it feels so good to be able to cross it off. Sometimes I'll write down something that wasn't on the list, but that I did just so that I could write it down. And then I've done it. that. I've done that. Wait, wait, wait. I actually did this. So I need to put it on my list. I have a journal that I keep. Yes. I will do that. I'll have my three things that I really want to get done that day. And then I'll be like, but wait, at the end of the day, I did this too. I'm going to write that on there. You need credit. You need credit for that. Totally. Uh, well, one of the things that people do is that they just put too, too much on the list. Uh, and then they're overwhelmed. So you should always put things that you have the time and the resources to do. So I make my list every night before I leave my desk. I did it when I was a TV producer. I do it now that I'm a business owner. It is my shutdown for the day activity. So the last thing I do is that I do it by hand with pen and paper and I go through what is everything that I have the time and the resources to do tomorrow. So you have to know yourself and know how much time do you have allotted to do different things. So timing yourself is really important. And Paula, you said pen and paper. Why are you not doing this on an app or in your computer? What, why are you saying pen and paper? I'm just old school like that. You know, there's a lot of people who <laughs> love to be able to- What a great to... answer. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like I like to write it down too. And more importantly, if it's on the computer, I don't feel as much like I'm celebrating my success when I just do, if I check it 
or if I cr- put that, you know, line through yeah. it, I'm like, yeah. And yeah, I can it's see not the it. same satisfaction on a computer, but you know, I use other lists that I do on the computer or on apps and things like that. But my to-do list is by pen and paper. And, you know, I make sure that I, that I write that list and I know how long things are going to take me. Look, I think in seconds, that's been my background in television. I know how long 30 seconds is. I know how long a minute is not everybody thinks that way. Uh, and so I try to get people to, just pay attention to how long tasks actually take you. If you were to time yourself, how long does it take you to do your makeup in the morning? How long does it take you to write an email? Probably less time than you think. And a lot of times we'll say, oh, that's going to take me an hour. And it took you 15 minutes or vice versa, you know? So really having an understanding. This is such, this is such a true statement. I have had so many conversations with people who don't like to empty the dishwasher right? Uh The dishwasher. And when you really look at how much time does it take to empty the dishwasher? I mean, honestly, what, two minutes, three minutes max? It's nothing, but we sit there and we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. How many tasks do you think are going to take more time than they actually Mm -hmm. do? Like putting on your makeup. I mean, I agree with you. My, I, I think that's a, a great one. Yet you think like, oh, I still have to do that, but it's, it's so fast. So that that's that's awesome. And I, I love that you're saying when you write things down, 33% more likely to do it. Now, can that be computer or on paper? Does it really matter? Okay. And then every night, you're doing it every night because there's something very satisfying about going to bed, knowing what you're going to wake up to. That's exactly. great. You come Mm. into your office, you sit down and you already have your roadmap for the day. So you know what your intention is. Now, the day doesn't always run that way, right? Other things pop up, things happen, but you're able to go back and say, okay, what did I intend to do today? What were the things that were on my list that were very important for me to do? And if I didn't get to it, why not? So that you can sort of evaluate that. And if you're doing things that are sort of, you know, not making an impact, why do you keep doing those things? Those are things that maybe you could be outsourcing. That's a separate list. Make a list of all of those things that are not the best use of your personal time and see if that could be something that you outsource to an assistant or, you know, a VA or something like that. Okay. Is there a magic number the night before of how many items you should have on your to-do list? Not really, because they are all weighed a little bit differently, depending on how long it's going to take you. You know, you could have 10 things that take you five minutes or, you know, it just really, really depends. But I interviewed a woman in both my books named Heidi Hanna. She's a stress expert and she gave me some advice early, early on saying that she makes a just enough list. So (laughs) what would be just enough? If I did these three or five things that I'd be happy, my clients would be happy, the world would still spin, everything would you know, be okay. And she identifies those, puts those at the top of her list, and then everything else is sort of like, if I can get to it, that'd be good too. So that's a good way to think about prioritizing if you need that push, because a lot of the times, you know, you'll look at the list and say, oh, what's the easiest thing? Maybe I'll do that first or, you know, something you can just cross off easily. But I always push people to push into their productivity style. How do you work best? When are you most energized to do things? So for me, for instance, I don't love to do things first thing in the morning. It's just not my style. I don't like to get up early. I don't like to do speaking engagements if I don't have to in the morning. I'd rather do it all in the afternoon. And that's when I will schedule myself to do certain tasks. So if I have to write, if I have to do something that's going to require more brain power, I'm doing it at like 12 or one or two o'clock in the afternoon. That's how I work best. Mm. Thinking about yourself too and watching 
and saying, oh, you know what? In the mornings, I love talking to people. I feel really energized. Let's just say, schedule all your meetings in the morning. And then in the afternoons, you know, save that for whatever else thing that, that you're better suited to do then. Mm, that's such a good idea. So we've got the 33% more likely, definitely write it down. We, you know, every night, cause it gives you that don't, you know, you don't have to necessarily limit yourself, but then make sure you know, when you are the most productive and don't go for those little teeny ones, go for the bigger ones that, you know, you need to get off. That is really great. Now, when you talk about listful thinking versus listful living, can you tell us like, what is the difference and what do you go into one book versus the other book? Listful thinking is the first book. And this came from, you know, years of starting a blog about productivity and list making and kind of finding a tribe of list makers, just like me and you, uh, who were really excited about lists and being able to use them to their best capacity. So being able to use lists so that you're more organized and that you are um, more efficient, right? And so using it in all aspects of your life, in your business, in, you know, your personal life, in your social life, whatever it may be. So it's very much like thinking in lists. How can you use lists more in your life? Listful Living, a second book came out of, uh, you know, an experience that I had where my appendix burst. Oh. And that is a very, very, very dramatic way of your body telling you, hey, listen to me. You need to slow down a little bit. Why weren't you paying any attention? Which I wasn't. I thought I had food poisoning and I ignored it for two days. And uh, yeah. So, but what happened there is that I, you know, was in the hospital for eight days. I was out of work for six weeks. I took over a year to recover. And guess what happened? Everything on my to-do list just went away and the world kept spinning and things kept happening. (laughs) And it wasn't me who had to do it. So once you take the ego out of it a little bit and say, you know what? How can I make sure that I'm putting the right things on my list? That's what listful living is about, putting the right things on the list. Not everything that you think you should be doing, but the things that best suit you, you know, and, and your productivity style uh, and that you really want in your life, you know, setting intentions and being able to say, okay, this is what I want to work towards. These are the priorities in my life. So these are the kind of things I'm going to say yes to. And these are the kind of things I'm going to say no to. So, you know, really curating your life in a way and using lists to do it. And so how often are you doing listful living versus listful thinking? I mean, they work together, you know, it really is something that, uh, you know, listful living is a journal. So it's meant to be written in and it's meant to be worked through so that you can sort of figure out where are you right now with your stress levels and with your productivity, where would you like to be? And then how are you going to get there? So the, how are you going to get there is, you know, the practical piece. And that's the piece of making the lists, of course, and being able to put this, put the things that are most important to you after you have identified those onto your list so that you do make sure that you're, you know, honoring the things that you really want to do and, and knowing yourself and, and not feeling overwhelmed, which happens so often. And, you know, people are burnt out even more now than ever. So are you encouraging people once a year to write that letter to themselves Mm. and then back into your list writing based on what you said? How, how are you doing that? What's your methodology? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually told people to write themselves an email or, you know, at the beginning of a, of the pandemic, when it first started to remember all the things that you were missing 
and to remember everything that you cannot wait to do again when the world reopens. Because you'll forget. You'll forget how precious those things are. You'll forget how precious it is to, to step on a beach or go on a plane or things that, you know, had become part of your everyday life, taking the subway if you're a New Yorker. Uh, you know, all of those things that maybe you miss, write it down. Give yourself I love that. that. And took for granted and just yes. like assumed that it was never going to go away oh, and that it was taken away. Yeah, that is a big one. I mean, when you look at... Now, people that did write those lists and things mm -hmm. are starting to open, is there something that has really stood out for you with your clients? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I had a bunch of people who who did it and it was things like, you know, going to their favorite restaurant or meeting with a family member or just meeting somebody for a drink, you know, things that are so like we took for granted. And now you can be much more intentional about putting those pieces back onto your list, onto your to-dos. And maybe some of the stuff that you were doing before fell away and you're totally fine with it. And that's, that's mm. a good purging too. You know, that's a good way Is to it? say, I don't need to do that ever again. I am not doing that. I like to sit there and say, it's a great way to reset, right? This is a total reset for everyone. And if you have those bad habits that yeah. you were not really excited about in your life, you have the ability to say, all right, this is the new norm. And how do you want to now put those into your life? What new habits? Mm -hmm. And I, I really, before we uh, turned on the show, we were talking about you're a New Yorker, you're right now in Florida. And I said, oh my gosh, I had that, that wonderful trip about a month ago where I got off the plane and I was just like, oh my God, I feel like I'm, I'm going back in time, like, they, you know, back to the future. It was like one of these, like, what is happening? Like, this is a total different world yeah. than San Francisco. And I do believe that this is a little bit like prohibition times, right? Mm -hmm. We're about to like open the door. It's that barn. The music yeah. is playing and you're now no longer having to stay in the barn. You can go out into the fields and like shake it. And I mean, now's your time to shake it and make it. And how do you want to make it? And I, I, your, your idea of writing that letter, putting your list down, getting yourself to say, it's now up to you what you're going to yeah. keep going. Like, what do you really want to do? Like mix it up, turn on that loud music, start to dance around. This is so, I, I just, you, you resonate so much with me. Now, one thing that I did want to ask you in regards to you specifically, and you're now, you've been doing this new type of career for how long? Well, my book came out six years ago and I've had my own business for the past four years. Okay. So, so I was kind of in and out, you know, I was sort of had a, had a toe in the entrepreneurial world while I was working full-time, but full, full-time for myself, four years. Okay. So you've been doing this four years and what has it now you've been through the relaunch, you've been able to look back. What are the silver linings that if you knew then what you know now, would you say to yourself? So let's do the reverse of what you're telling your, right. your clients to do. Go back. What would you tell, what would you tell your former self? You are ready. You can do it. And I think it's one of those things where I 
had done similar things throughout my life, throughout my career, where you get to a point and you're really, really, you know, trying to get that promotion or that next job or that next thing that you're doing and you get there and then you plateau and then you're like, what's next? What's next? And you look and then you build and you climb and you climb and you get to the next thing and it keeps happening and happening and happening. This was the same thing. I had done not exactly this, but something similar tons of times in my life. So to give yourself sort of that, that push to say, you've done this already. It's looked in a, it looked totally different, but you've already achieved things. You've already done things. So I think that's always helpful to sort of look back and say, okay, where else have you used these skills to be able to be successful? That's what you're going to use to do this next venture. Mm, so when you talk about now you're fully engaged in entrepreneurship, what's the thing that most surprises you about it? I love learning. It's one of my favorite things. I've done a lot of those personality tests and I- You're my gal. We are so, (laughs) yep. Usually those really intense list builders, they love growth. They love learning. (laughs) I love learning. I'm always taking a class. I'm always like, oh, let me take that webinar and learn about that thing, you know? And that's what entrepreneurship is. And that's why I love it so much because I'm always learning something else. There's always a place where I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to know about what that person's doing. That looks cool. Let me look into that, you know? And so that's for me, like keeps it fresh, keeps it exciting. I think for other people, maybe that would be annoying for them, you know, and they like to just stay in their lane and do their thing. But I'm always looking to sort of innovate and see what else is out there. And I'm, I've been surprised, you know, that my curiosity has served me so well because it, it really seems to be in line, uh, you know, with entrepreneurship. But, you know, journalists are very curious people. And, it, you know, as I've left the TV business, I've noticed there's lots of journalists who are now entrepreneurs. It just seems to be sort of a thing that, that works for us. So let me ask you, as far as this new world, right, everyone is going to be it seems that people have started side hustles. They've started some businesses. Yeah. And there is, it seems that there's a lot of noise in different spaces now. And one of the things that you do so well is help people kind of stand out. What are you, what are you suggesting as we do open up and get back out there and from a PR and media perspective, what are you seeing and what are you recommending to your clients that you're really believing is going to be the best way to do that? So I don't know more about lists than anybody else. I just talk about it more than anybody else. And that is what sets me apart from everybody else who talks about productivity or who's out there talking about efficiency or apps or whatever it is from a very, like I've been doing this for 10 years that I started my blog. And I've been consistently talking about productivity, consistently talking about lists wherever I can, podcasts, my own videos, my website, you know, in the media, pitching myself. I mean, I pitched myself before I had a book to, you know, to media. I pitched myself when I had a blog uh, because I knew if you're in the media, you're legit. People will look at you differently than every other expert because I knew as a TV producer, that's how I judged experts. You know, have they done other media? What have they already been been out there quoted in and, and you know, um, commenting on? So just start talking about the thing that you're doing. And a lot of times, you know, people will have imposter syndrome and why me? And there's a million people talking about lists or about business or about whatever, yeah, but they don't have your perspective. And, you know, you are able to be out there and be your own, you know, 
your own advocate. And the way to do it now is more, it's easier than ever. You don't have to be in a TV studio. You could just turn your, your camera on and go live right now. That used to be reserved for only the networks. Now you can start your own show from wherever you are in the world. Oh, that right there is the biggest pearl. I mean, that is so great. It, everybody out there could be talking about your topic. Yes. But it's get out there and start talking about it from your perspective and stay in your lane. Keep doing it. Keep bringing it up. Keep, I mean, you've done a, for those that are listening, you should go back and listen to the show because you have done an absolutely incredible job of keeping the conversation coming back to your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. That list building. I mean, you've done outstanding. So anyway, that this has been very enlightening to me too, just to hear your point. So I appreciate it so much. Um, I've kind of weaved in some of these like questions that I usually ask in my rapid fire. But one question I always love to ask is what is your favorite beauty product by name? Oh, well, I'm a big mascara girl. I love a good mascara. And uh, so I love Urban Decay has a really great one um, called Perversion. It's pretty fabulous. And uh, I try is it to a get thickening it. one or is it a lengthening? It's one? a lengthening one. It's a lengthening oh. one. So for those girls that have like great lashes that are thicker, they should get this. Make those lashes grow. All right. Love that. And then also you mentioned when we were talking earlier, you like myself, we love Sephora. Yes. What is the last thing that you just bought on Sephora? Huh? The last thing I just bought, you know, was some lipstick because we've been wearing masks for so long. I didn't buy any new lipstick because I could, you know, you can't wear That is so true. Paula, I haven't bought a lip. Uh, I bought a gloss, okay. I bought a gloss, well, that- but the pro, but as you said, the mask, because it, you know, you had to wear like the permanent lipstick yes. or it would get all in your mask. Yes, totally. totally. We, we are, we're on the same way there. Yes. All right. And last but not least, what does a powerhouse of possibility mean to you? Oh, a powerhouse of possibility. Ooh. I mean, it means being able to wake up without an alarm clock and live your life the way that you want to and go on vacation whenever you see fit. You know, I just feel like that freedom, freedom is really what it is. Oh, how good does all of that sound, everyone? That sounds amazing. And then where can people find out more about what you're doing and get connected? Sure. If they go to paularizzo.com slash lists, you can get my list making starter kit. And I share a lot of tips and tricks about, you know, media and how to be better on camera and work from home. I mean, now everybody's on camera. Now everybody cares what they look like uh, in their Zoom calls. Well, and you know what I did? I went and I am on your list now, your list that's going to send me the tips about list creation, which I love, which I'm like, oh, I'm going to get even better at this whole list thing. This is awesome. Well, I will put all of this in the show notes and you can see those show notes at therelaunchco.com under podcasts. And again, thank you so much, Paula, for being here today, for sharing your unique methods around list building and for sharing your journey. Really appreciate oh, it's been it. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review? 
and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.